Why omega-3s are essential fatty acids is because nothing else can perform the same function as EPA and DHA in the human body. Hello, and welcome to the science and the story behind Omega-3, a podcast brought to you by Wiley Companies, where we explore one of the most researched nutrients on the planet. Listen in as global omega-3 experts and researchers translate the science, reveal personal insights, and share their stories of discovery while navigating the sea of omega-3 science. Thanks for joining us today. Now here's your host, Greg Lindsay. Yes, and welcome back to another episode of the science and the story behind omega-3 where we talk with experts from all over the world. My guest today has a passion for omega-3 research and global health. She is the lead author of the position paper of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics on Dietary Fatty Acids for Healthy Adults and was the first chairperson of the International Science Committee for the Global Organization of EPA and DHA Omega-3. Today, she will share many insights around the role Omega-3 can play in overall human health, and it is my great pleasure to welcome to the program Gretchen Van Ice. Gretchen, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. It's great to be here. Gretchen, you're one of the most passionate people I know on this topic, so I want to dig right in. How did you get interested in Omega-3s? Well, I actually kind of fell into it. I had worked in the natural product industry. I'd also worked in clinical healthcare, and I liked the idea of applying uh, using natural ingredients and natural occurring nutrients and applying science to them. And I could see that there was a role in applying science to natural products in preventive medicine. And I actually, to me, that looked like it was going to be botanical medicine. So I was working in research and development in a botanical medicine company. And in 2002, I saw a paper on omega-3 that really distinguished the difference between the forms of omega-3, and it talked a lot about EPA and DHA omega-3. And at that time, I had learned not that long ago in graduate school that ALA omega-3 was the only one we needed. And here, this paper was talking about the benefits of these other forms of omega-3, and it really was kind of confusing to me. And... EPA and DHA were only found in fish, which was also a bit challenging for me personally because I lean vegetarian. And the idea that I was going to need to get a nutrient from fish was perplexing. And then also it's a fat and I had been an overweight child. And so the idea that there was fat that was good for us, so we actually needed to eat, was also kind of a foreign concept to me. And so I got really intrigued. And two years later, I was working specifically with Omega-3. And here, you know, 18 years later, we've learned a lot since then. You know, you said good fat, and I hear the term essential fat. So I'm familiar with fat in bacon, fat in cheese, and nuts, and olive oil, and coconut oil. But what is so special about Omega-3s? Well, the real key difference between the fats and the foods that you just mentioned bacon, coconut oil, olive oil, ice cream. Those are fats that our body can produce. Omega-3s are fats that our body cannot produce, but we need for human health. And that really is what it comes down to. 
is we can produce the fats that you mentioned. We can't produce omega-3s. And we found that omega-3s and omega-6s, which are actually found in nuts and seeds and marine foods, are the ones we need and we cannot make them. So that's really what it came down to. And omega-3s and omega-6s are really fats with an explicit benefit. And the topic today, omega-6s are also essential fats, but the focus today is omega-3. And if we look back in history a little bit, it was actually 1929 when it was discovered that humans needed fat to support human health. We needed to eat some fat. And then it was in the 1960s when it became really evident that in the United States, where we were eating about you know 40% of our calories from fat, we had a very high incidence of death from heart disease compared to the Greenland Eskimos that were eating about 50% of their calories from fat and their incidence of heart disease was less than 5%. So there was this conundrum, both in the United States and in Greenland, they were consuming high amounts of fat. And so a medical researcher and his student, Dr. Bang and Dr. Dyerberg, went to Greenland, set up a temporary camp, and actually drew blood samples from the Eskimos. And then when they went back and analyzed it, what they saw was the significant difference had to do with the type of fatty acid that was found in whale and seal. So Gretchen, for people that omega-3 might be a newer term, because we're talking about really the introduction to omega-3, I think the questions that I, that I have would be, why are they essential? And then if they are essential, where do we get them? Okay. Well, first I'll give you the formal answer, the formal definition of what omega-3 is, and then I'll give you how we normally speak about it. Technically, from a chemistry point of view, an omega-3 is a fatty acid chain. So it's a chain of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. And where the first carbon is on the third double bond from the omega end, that's how it was named. That's a mouthful. The other way to look at it is that it is a chain of carbons that are in fat, and they're actually an energy supply. And they provide you know, energy to our body as fat does, but these particular omega-3s are very long chain and they have many double bonds. This is very unique chemistry and that also gives them their very unique function in the human body. I won't talk much chemistry here, but just to say that ALA omega-3, which is considered the parent omega-3, is 18 carbons long, three double bonds. The human body just cannot produce that fatty acid. We just cannot produce it. And we also can't produce EPA and DHA, which are even longer than those. But it's the uniqueness of these fatty acids is how they are so important in human health. And how they work is they're actually structural components of our cell membranes. So they're part of the structure, like DHA omega-3 is found in the human brain. It's also found in the human eyes and it's stored in sperm. And so it's part of the structural component of those organs, but EPA and DHA together and in concert, really, they have unique function, but they work in concert, help manage and regulate metabolism, genetic expression. And they both work in the membrane of the cell and also inside the cell. And these cells are, you know, we have trillions of cells in our body and EPA and DHA are a component of all of those cells. And the other unique thing to know about omega-3s, they are considered conditionally essential in pregnancy. But really, fundamentally, why omega-3s are essential fatty acids 
is because nothing else can perform the same function as EPA and DHA in the human body. So Gretchen, I guess you talked about different forms of omega-3. My question is, how are they or are they all related to each other? Good question. They are related to each other. There are three main forms of omega-3. There's a couple other ones that we talk about, and I'll just name them right now. ALA, EPA, and DHA are the three main forms of omega-3 that we speak of. These days, SDA and DPA, which are also omega-3s, you know, you hear those two, but they're not, they're functionally different as well. But ALA and EPA and DHA are related to each other by their chemistry. These fatty acids all have that, you know, first double bond at the third carbon from the omega N. So the chemistry is the same, but the source and their function are very different from each other. ALA and SDA are omega-3 fatty acids found in plant-based foods, predominantly seeds. Think flaxseed, chia seed, walnuts, where EPA and DHA and DPA are found only in foods from the sea, marine source. So they, they are all omega-3, but their source is different and their function is different from each other. And so actually going back to when I said in graduate school, I learned that ALA was the only omega-3 we needed. It was because it was then believed that we as humans could produce EPA and DHA from ALA. And in fact, we can. But what we've seen in the thousands of clinical trials that have been done on omega-3 is humans do not do that very efficiently. We're actually quite poor at taking ALA and producing EPA and DHA. Therefore, we now here in 2020 are looking at these omega-3s very differently. Okay. So the million dollar question, what do they do? Well, fundamentally, they work in our cell membranes. And like I said, they're structural components of tissues, right? They're found in our brain. They're found in our eyes. They help manage and regulate metabolism. And what I mean by that is they work together to support our lungs for breathing, our heart rate, blood flow. They work in our immune system. They work in neurotransmission, which is communication between brain cells. We find them in our bone marrow. They're in our eyes. They help with muscle recovery. So EPA and DHA just metabolically help our bodies try to maintain homeostasis. That's what the goal of the human body always is try to get back to homeostasis. And what the newer research is showing, which is really fascinating, is that from EPA and DHA, our body makes other compounds. And we're starting to identify how these new these compounds produced from EPA and DHA actually help maintain homeostasis. So that's why we need EPA and DHA just as essential nutrition. We just need some to maintain good human health. For example, When we have EPA, DHA in our tissues, when we have inflammation occur, which is a natural, normal process in human health, right? I mean, you hit your hand or you cut yourself or you hit your knee. I mean, there's going to be a natural reaction and it's part part of natural recovery. But when we have EPA in our tissues, EPA can help reduce inflammation. So it helps try to rewrite the ship and get us back into, you know, healing and and balance. 
We also know that when we have DHA in our body, we have better brain function. DHA is part of our nervous system. It's in our eyes. So we have healthier eyes because we, you know, literally eye tissue is part of the retina is where DHA is found in the eye. So we have such a great body of science on omega-3. There's over 40,000 published studies on EPA and DHA omega-3 and over 4,000 human clinical trials. We know a lot. And again, it goes back to these fatty acids are these, you have this unique chemistry and they have this unique function. And we know that just by getting our daily need, our general metabolism is well supported and our body can operate, you know, most efficiently. But we also know from science that when people consume more, there's actually additional benefit. And here, I'll just give you a snapshot of what we know about just some kind of new research that we've seen in the science community. We know that when pregnant women get enough DHA, that we can significantly reduce the incidence of preterm birth in the United States. We know that when children get EPA and DHA omega-3, they're able to learn better, focus better. Some even have better handwriting. There was a study done a while ago in prisoners that when they gave young inmates, young adult inmates, EPA and DHA and a multivitamin, they saw a 26% reduction in, in offenses. And they saw the greatest reduction in violent offenses. They've shown that in mature people, they're a younger biological age by testing in their blood. And they've also shown that in seniors that those who've eaten fish over their lifetime have better cognitive function as they age. So that's just a snapshot of some of the research that we've seen with omega-3. I also wanna add that please don't let the negative headlines from drug trials cloud our understanding and information on EPA and DHA and their role in human health and nutrition. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. So Gretchen, with all of these studies and all these clinical trials, and I'm listening to you talk about the benefits of omega-3, so then my next question is, why do you think there's so much confusion around them? Yeah, that uh, that's you hit that on the head. There is a lot of confusion about it. I think, well, for one, as you can just, I think, tell just by listening to me so far, the science is kind of complicated. You know, there's different forms, there's different sources, and they're, you know, found in different foods, and how much you take makes a difference. That's hard to communicate in a tweet. We also know that in the United States, people don't eat a lot of fish. We don't really, we don't know how to cook fish. We don't really know how to buy fish. And, and there's a lot of serious misinformation. And the other thing about fish is that the amount of EPA and DHA varies in fish. We also know that vegans and vegetarians, and I am guilty of this, I wanted to believe that I could get all of my nutrition without eating fish, without eating any animal products and fish. There are now vegan and vegetarian alternatives for EPA and DHA, but I think there's confusion about that, that we can get everything we need just from eating plants. We also know that ALA omega-3, it's plentiful and it's inexpensive. You know, it's found in seeds and seed oils, avocados. 
um, there's a lot of noise about nutrition and it's not always science-based. We also, you know, food marketers tend to lump together omega-3 like they're all the same. And that does not help people try to discern the difference. Supplement companies, uh, they label things differently. How they report omega-3 on their label can differ. And, you know, fundamentally, nutrition really can't be taught in a soundbite. And a lot of what people hear is, is not correct. No, and again, I, I so appreciate your passion on the topic. So anything else, I've been asking all the questions. Is there anything else that you want the listeners to know about this topic? Wow, thank you for asking that. Uh, yes, I think I would like listeners to really get that EPA and DHA, omega-3s in general, and in particular EPA and DHA, are essential fatty acids that we need to consume in our diet. We need to get them on our plate or in a supplement. All omega-3s are good, and we get more ALA in our diet, and all omega-3s are good, but we really need to get more EPA and DHA. And I want people, I think the reality is we need to be somewhat intentional about it. Like our culture is not a culture that eats a lot of fish, you know, and I think what I'd like listeners to know is that it's worth the effort to make sure that you get long chain omega-3 EPA and DHA. And I liken it to kind of like brushing your teeth. A friend of mine told me years ago, only brush the teeth you want to keep. And I think, you know, only give EPA and DHA to the brain and body that you want to keep. The other thing I'd like people to know is that you're not going to feel a difference. Right. It's not like you're going to take it and necessarily feel different. But in general, you're not going to feel a difference. But the really good news here is that while Americans are right now under consuming omega-3 and actually 80 percent of the globe is not is not consuming as much as we'd like, that the good news is that there's a solution to this problem. You know, EPA and DHA are available in fish. They're available in fish oil. Vegan vegetarian sources are available. Dose makes the difference. We would like everyone to get at least 250 to 500 milligrams of EPA and DHA a day. And as I mentioned before, two grams or 2000 milligrams is a good amount to get. Now, before you think 2000 milligrams is a lot, that's about what you get if you ate a good piece of fresh salmon. And if you know somebody who's pregnant, I, I'm gonna ask you to please reach out to them and make sure that they're getting their omega-3 because having EPA and DHA in our system these omega-3s will help you help a person have a healthier pregnancy, can help your child learn better. We'd all have better heart health. It supports healthier blood pressure levels. Give us, it gives us better cognitive function as we age, less joint pain. If you want your athlete's brain to be protected when he's out on the field, he, she is out on the field. We have the, the solution here is really omega-3. And I'm not saying that omega-3 is the cure-all for everything. It is not. But, and I, I think, Greg, you picked up on my passion on this. The reason I'm so passionate about it is because our intake is so low and we can do something about it. And the science is clear that we need more. So we have a problem, but we have a solution. And, I, you know, the gap is understanding, like some of the confusion we just talked about. I think one of the best gifts that you can give yourself and your family is to start consuming either oily fish or taking a fish oil supplement. And it's, it's a gift of a lifetime. 
Gretchen, as we come to the close of the program, and I could talk to you much longer about this, and I'm, I'm certainly going to invite you back right now because, I, again, I love the passion. I, I love all the great information that you can provide. But one real quick word association, what word or short phrase comes to mind when you think omega-3s? Indian's good. More is better. That's perfect. Perfect. Gretchen, thank you so much for being part of our program today. And until next time, be healthy, be well, and fight the good fight. Thank you. This has been the science and the story behind Omega-3. Thanks to our sponsor, Wiley Companies. You can find them and more information about our show at wileyco.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Any statements on this podcast are the opinion of the scientific guest and or author and have not yet been evaluated by the FDA. The information we may provide to you is designed for educational purposes only is not intended to be a substitute for informed medical advice or care. This information should not be used to diagnose, treat, or prevent any health issues or conditions without consulting a healthcare professional. If you are experiencing a health issue or condition, we suggest you consult with your healthcare professional. 